Hello and welcome to The Art of the Show. I'm Dakota Gardner. And I'm Jonathan Gardner. And this week we are talking about building our own theme park. Uh, obviously not literally. Uh, neither of us has... Maybe someday. Requ- yeah, hopefully someday we'll be able to do that. But uh, instead we're talking more like fantasy sports, like fantasy football, fantasy baseball. Uh, the only difference is there is no real scoring. It's sort of a subjective decision as to who won. Uh, that we'll we'll come to together at the end. Uh, so Jonathan and I had the draft beforehand, uh, and we'll walk you through it. But first, I think we'll set down the ground rules of what the the rules of the rosters are, the kinds of things that we're scoring, and then we'll walk you through our our parts and who we picked. So uh, Jonathan, why don't you tell me what some of the uh, some of the rules that we decided on? All right, well, the first rule was we kind of limited the, the universe we're dealing with to uh, any any attraction or restaurant or hotel currently in existence in any Disney park in the world. So uh, uh, any anything is eligible, and you'll see we have roster spots for uh, restaurants and hotels and things like that, but it has to currently be in existence. So things like Mr. Toad is okay because it's in Disneyland, but something like uh, Adventure Through Inner Space, which is closed everywhere, is not. Which is a shame. Yeah. Uh, additionally, we decided that if you pick a ride that has a different iteration somewhere else in a different Disney park, uh, that removes all of the rides from eligibility. So, for example, if I were to pick uh, Splash Mountain, in, and then uh, you couldn't pick another Splash Mountain. It was just the one. Which makes sense, because, like, in fantasy football, there aren't, like, six Peyton Mannings uh, should around be. On, on teams. That would be, so, that would change the dynamic, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it would be, I maybe I would finally win at fantasy <laughs> baseball. Uh, the other sort of corollary to that is that once one, you have to choose which attraction, specifically, you have, uh, which iteration of that attraction you've chosen. So, again, if I were to pick Splash Mountain, I would have to decide which one I wanted, uh, probably for my brother and I, that would be Florida. But uh, we'll get to that. Uh, there's an, another rule. Jonathan, why don't you enlighten us with that? Yeah, well, this rule, this is a, kind of an important one, which is that uh, when you take a ride, uh, you can assume that it's getting kind of a rehab or a facelift, but that there are no, you can't actually make any changes to, uh, to the ride. You can't, um, uh, you get the best, so basically what this, what this means is you get the best looking, uh, the best imaginable version of the current ride in existence, but you are stuck with the current ride. So if you pick Carousel of Progress, the animatronics are <laughs> fixed up, they run amazing, uh, it looks like 1964, but you're stuck with that ending where uh, it's still the future from like 1988 or whatever. Yay! Well, it's from from like 2000. Uh, I think it's, it's probably the okay. Let's defend. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't want to attack Carousel. Of I don't Progress. mean to attack Carousel Excuse Progress. Excuse me. That was just the first example that came to my uh-huh. mind. Or yeah, like. Okay. Yeah, if no, you take no, Splash Mountain, no, then all it. the all the things look great, but uh-huh. you can't change out any of the songs. Yeah, well, uh-huh, okay. Yeah, just shut up. Let's <laughs> just say that. Uh, uh, okay, uh, the last rule, this is a really important one. Yeah. Um, so there are roster spots throughout uh, the theme parks. Uh, the ultimate thing is that one attraction, one roster spot can go to a ride that you have invented. Uh, so it is not in existence in a Disney theme park. It can be a ride that used to exist. You can just sort of bring it back exactly as it was. Uh, it can be a ride that never existed, that you sort of thought would be a really cool idea for a ride. It could be a future ride. You could sort of come up with your own version of the Avatar Land. Uh, or it could be a reimagination of a ride that existed once before. So uh, that that's sort of the last uh, roster spot. Uh, John, why don't you walk us through uh, the the structure of the roster real quick? Okay. Um, well, the way that we did this, so the idea is basically that you're building your own Magic Kingdom style park. 
so there are certain constraints that things have to fit within, and then there's also other spots that give you flexibility. So you have to have a Tomorrowland, a Fantasyland, an Adventureland, and a Frontierland. And then each of those has to have one big attraction that is an anchor, and that can be anything. It has to have a second ride, which has to be a ride, and then it can have either a ride or a show. So that's for Tomorrowland, Fantasyland, Adventureland, and Frontierland. And that's a minimum of three attractions per land. Yeah, for each one. Then you get a fifth kind of like land, which can be uh, be anything. Uh, it can be something like New Orleans Square or Liberty Square. It can be something like Toontown. Uh, you can spin off into... Uh, uh, you can just totally make something up or bring in something from like uh, 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 Hollywood Studios. If you're a big fan of Sunset Boulevard, you can put <laughs> that in there. Um, and so that only has to have an anchor. And then there's a number of kind of extra spots uh, that you have to draft to fill out. So this is like, if you think about in fantasy football, you have to have two running backs and two wide receivers right. and stuff like that. So we added, you have to have two rides, two shows, two additional attractions that can be either rides or shows, uh, a three restaurants, uh, a parade fireworks type thing, and two hotels. Yeah. And... and uh then there are the three utility spots, which can be literally anything. Yeah. And basically anything that isn't a restaurant or a hotel has to be sorted into a land. Yeah. Uh, so that's all attractions, all rides, all that stuff. Unless and I actually, I actually ended up putting all three of my restaurants into, into lands. I only put one, but, uh, we'll get to that. So let's, so, hey, hey, Jonathan. Yeah. What was the result of the coin toss? Who won? Uh, well, I pick tails, uh, as you should. Well, because tails un never fails. Unless, un unfortunately, in this case, tails did fail. Uh, yeah. I lost the coin toss. Yeah. Oh, mm, sad. Uh, so it was my pick for the first pick, first overall pick in the draft. And let me just give you a little brief uh, foray into my thought process on this. Essentially, it's the best attraction, whatever that might be. Uh, it's whatever the best thing in your mind is. And to me, it came down uh, to two choices. And ultimately, I went with Space Mountain. And I chose the Florida version, uh, which is the Ur version. It's the quintessential Space Mountain attraction. Uh, think of the think of the, your first pick in the draft as your LeBron James. This is who you're building your entire theme park around. And it has to be the most popular ride in the park, and that's why I went with Space Mountain. That's uh, that's probably that's I didn't think about it that way, and it's probably uh, a good way to way of looking at it. I ended up coming to the same conclusion, which is had I have had the first pick, I'd have taken Space Mountain. Mm -hmm. um, but that was more like a, a scarcity thing. Like you have to have an anchor for Tomorrowland, and you can kind of fake. There's a lot enough stuff that you can fake and put into the other ones. But Tomorrowland is really tough to build without Space Mountain, I, yeah. as, I, as I found, because you took it first. <laughs> what was the other thing you were thinking about? Uh, I was, the other one I was thinking about was Tower of Terror. So. Oh, okay. Well, you ended up getting that. I just, did, but we'll get to that. It. What was the second choice? So uh, my first choice then was the Matterhorn, mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, that's just like an iconic, like Disney original. People people love it. Uh, I... Uh, think maybe uh, it's kind of flexible in terms of you might be able to put it in other places. I didn't yeah. end up doing that. Um, but, you know, I think it's just an icon of, uh, of Disney parks. I agree. It's also the first steel roller coaster ever built. Fun fact. I didn't know that. Um, my third pick, I went Tower of Terror. I chose the Florida version of that. Again, I think that's the quintessential version. Uh, and this, for me, is another example of just picking a behemoth attraction. You need to pick a big attraction that can hold down a section of the park, although I uh, ultimately ran into difficulties fitting it in. But uh, it's just, it, it's, it was, it's the, you could make an argument that it's the best attraction in Walt Disney World. Uh, and so the, it, if you can get that uh, with the third pick, I think you have to pick it. Yeah, it's uh, definitely, it's a great ride. Uh, the only issue is in terms of fitting it within to our structure, because... Yeah. Uh, it's tough to find a fit, but you're right, and it was a solid pick. So after that, uh, I took Splash Mountain, which I uh, would have taken had Tower of Terror been on the board, and I was playing with as a number one yeah. uh, option, just because it's it's so good. Uh, it's just such a great ride. It's a thrill ride, but at the same time, it's a dark ride, and mm -hmm. uh, combines 
all those things you're looking for. Plus, uh, it's tough to find rides for Frontierland. That is true. Uh, and, uh, so with that in mind, I kind of punted Frontierland. But, well, you know, uh, my next pick, I had to pick a, another quintessential Disney attraction. And I went with Walt's favorite, uh, the, the Anaheim version of Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, again, if you're going to have an anchor for Adventureland, you're not going to find a better attraction than Pirates of the Caribbean, nor will you find a better version of it than the one that Walt personally was obsessed with. So that's what I went with. Yeah, you were, uh, that was a great pick. Um, you could, I think it's probably in conversation for number one overall. And, uh, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. So I followed that up with a ride I've never done, uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, Sort of the big ride in Tokyo, which just looks fantastic. It seems like it an amazing ride. And uh, if you can't have pirates, it's a pretty good uh, Adventureland one. Yeah, I agree. It, you know, it uses that test track system uh, well, which is really important. Uh, yeah, I thought it was just a, it's a, it seems like a very interesting ride. It looks amazing. It. Like I've seen yeah. videos of it, and I really mm-hmm. I would love uh, to ride it someday. One day, one day we'll go to Japan. Uh, I followed that up by taking a very similar ride. I took the Indiana Jones Adventure. Yeah. And, uh, I'll explain where that went uh, a little bit later. Uh, and, and again, the- that one is just, a, it's a pick of, you know, uh, it's just a really great attraction that's really well themed, really well designed, and really fun. Yeah. Uh, I think that was a solid pick. And then I went with, uh, the California version of Peter Pan's Flight. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, I followed that with the California version of It's a Small World to anchor my fantasy land. Uh, we were talking about this. What's funny is that there is no bigger gap, I think, between versions of a ride than the California version of It's a Small World and the Florida version of It's a Small World. Because the California version is the very famous World's Fair version with the absolutely stunning Mary Blair art on the uh, architecture on the exterior of the building. Meanwhile, in Florida, you have sort of a phoned in version of that. And it's, you know, in that it's just sort of tucked away. And I, it's, it's nowhere near as just visually stunning as the LA version. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, don't, it's, uh, it's a small world is certainly not my favorite ride. And I really think a lot of that is because, uh, I had only ever been to Florida. Cause when we went to California, it was just so, you know, that exterior was amazing and it just, yeah. uh, had such a different feeling there. Yeah. Um, so it was my pick after that, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And I went for, uh, the Haunted Mansion. That's uh, a great pick. Yeah. I was really happy to get it here. It actually, it ends up causing some problems for me later on. Uh, but I thought that that was good value at 10. So yeah, no, I agree. And I went uh, with the Florida version, uh, because yeah. I think that it's slightly better actually than the California version. No, I agree. I, I think we're probably, we might be in the minority on that. I, I agree with you that it's, uh, I think the architecture is really brilliant. I think the way that it exists, uh, storytelling wise in Liberty Square, uh, I just, it, I think it's a really, really awesome, uh, I think it's really great. It's really well done. Yeah, it feels like they kind of fixed some of the things. Like, that's an example of a ride where the second time they build it, they really kind of learned yeah. from what they did the first ride, and they made tweaks, and it just works slightly better. Whereas, uh, and obviously they're extenuating circumstances, but the second time they made Pirates, uh, they, I think, removed a lot of the stuff that worked uh, really great in California. Maybe. I mean, I still love the Florida Pirates. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, you can't... Uh, that- yeah, it's, I, they're both it's great true. rides no matter where you ride them. Mm-hmm. That, that is definitely true. Uh, so I, for me, okay, so my next thought was I need, I need like a really, I needed, I needed some, I, my, my thought process was I needed something for Frontierland. Unfortunately, all of the really great Frontierland attractions were off the board. So, uh, I was kind of at a loss and I didn't know what to do. And I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a really great adventure land. I already have Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, the quintessential one. So let's just, let's just get a really stacked adventure land that's going to be tough to beat. And I thought about it and I thought, what, you know, I thought about the Jungle Cruise, but then I said, the better, the better thing for this to sort of make it 
the most epic Adventureland possible is a similar attraction to the Jungle Cruise, but the real-life version, and that is Kilimanjaro Safaris. Uh, it's enormous. It's the biggest attraction in any Disney park. Uh, it's, it, you know, it's got actual live animals. Uh, it, it just, it's incredibly well-themed and fits perfectly into what you want from Adventureland. And of course, uh, Walt, uh, wanted real animals when he made the Jungle Cruise. That's and, true. Uh, found out that that was going to be a really annoying thing to have to deal with every day. Yes, yes. It, it, and that, I mean, that is the negative of Kilimanjaro Safaris, is that obviously the animals are not on a schedule. But, uh, when it works, it works. And when you have to sort of stand, when the car stops because there's like a bunch of, you know, zebra or whatever, that, I mean, that's where it's incredible. Yeah. Um, so I, my Adventureland had nothing at this point, and I was seeing things kind of slip off the board. Uh, so I grabbed Expedition Everest, which uh, I great think ride. is a great ride, and it fits really well. I don't know how I feel about, uh, you know, we'll get into that uh, this, but now I have Everest and Matterhorn in the in the same park, which yeah. uh, may be a little redundant. But, um, you know, you, anytime you get the chance to take Expedition Everest at 12, you got to grab it. Yeah, I mean, it's another, it's a good value pick. Uh, with 13, I, you know, I at this point had nothing in Frontierland. Uh, I sort of just, I knew that I needed a Frontierland. Uh, but without Splash Mountain, it's really hard. And I sort of have this irrational, uh, not, not hatred, but I, I don't like Big Thunder Mountain. I just, you are not I, a fan. I, it's, it's the, I just don't think, I, I don't love the theming. I don't think there's really a story there. Uh, they've obviously tried to retcon a story into it uh, with Barnabas T. Bullion, but I find that to be insane. So I just, it always feels like the Disney attraction at, at Magic Kingdom that feels the least like a Disney attraction. And like, I've ridden that ride everywhere. And that's part of why I don't love it. I, I that's, I, in hindsight, what I probably could have done was the, uh, uh, the Seven Dwarves coaster, which, although it's not technically open, so it wouldn't count it. Yeah, but, you'd have uh, burned your, uh... I'd have burned my makeup, make a ride. Yeah. Um, but it, I feel like that's ultimately gonna be what Big Thunder is better. So I didn't want to take Big Thunder, and I needed to sort of rethink Frontierland, and so, uh, what you suggested, I took. I don't know why you suggested, because you helped me immensely. Yeah, and no, I shouldn't it totally redefined my concept of Frontierland. Uh, to essentially be uh, a celebration of America and Americana. And so the, the, what I chose was the Radiator Springs Racers from Disney's California Adventure. And uh, it's, you know, it's similar to Test Track, uses that ride system, uh, which you know, obviously we, we decided since they're not the same attraction, uh, you know, Journey into yeah. the Earth, Test Track... Those are all different. If they can have three spinning rides in the Magic Kingdom, then, uh, <laughs> yeah. So okay. I went with I went with that, and I'm I'm actually really pleased with it. I think that was uh, uh I think that was interesting. I think that I'm curious to see how your Frontierland uh fits around that. And it's not traditionally what we think of as Frontierland, but that Rockwork is certainly the next generation of the Rockwork yeah. in Big Thunder. Absolutely. Uh, so I really wanted to make I really wanted to make an awesome fantasy land. Uh so I took Winnie the Pooh here, but I took the Tokyo Winnie the Pooh Pooh, which from my understanding it's the same uh uh basic ride, but instead of the track, it has that trackless LPS uh crazy ride system mm -hmm. that uh has not come to any American uh, uh, Disney park. I don't know if there's... It's in SeaWorld. They have the same system at SeaWorld. They just opened the oh. uh, Antarctica attraction. Wow. With Penguin. That's uh, interesting for Disney that they let themselves <laughs> get beat on that here. Yeah. I mean, it's supposedly the reviews are not spectacular. But really? But it, it does exist. So there you go. Well, there, well until then, uh, <laughs> you could only uh, do that, I think, in Tokyo. And I think they did one in like Hong Kong. Uh, Probably with the same ride system, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Tokyo Winnie the Pooh uh, sounds like a great time. Yeah, I mean that's a again great great uh, pick there. Uh, I followed it up again. Now this is my Frontierland is a celebration of sort of old time America. Uh, so that's I think that's ultimately what it becomes. Even though the Radiator Springs Racers are more modern, it still is that kind of fifties fascination with cars. 
uh, that so that to me is what Frontierland. Oh, it's extremely is. like Route sixty six, like fifties. Yeah, kind of exactly. So like that to me is what my Frontierland is. Is uh, is it's it's similar to kind of what the new California Adventure is, uh, where it's sort of about uh, that's more about Walt and the Golden Age. But to me, this is this is about that kind of Route sixty six era, and so uh, my next choice here was um, the Hall of Presidents, which I put into my Frontierland. Uh, architecturally, it sort of doesn't fit, but in terms of the concept, I think it does fit. Uh, in hindsight, immediately after I made this pick, I wish I had chosen Great Moments of Mr. Lincoln, but, uh, I didn't. So I had to deal with Hall of Presidents, which is fine in and of itself. Hall of Presidents is fine. I agree that maybe Great Moments of Mr. <laughs> Lincoln would be a little closer to what you're trying to accomplish here, but, yeah. uh, Hall of Presidents is, uh, you know the animatronics are certainly uh, they're phenomenal, uh, incredible, in that, yeah. and it's the it's that celebration of America. So know. so I followed that up by thinking that uh, if you weren't going to take uh, Big Thunder, then I would. <laughs> so I grabbed Big Thunder, uh, and I'm I'm happy to get it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. Uh, I don't unlike unlike you, I don't really have uh, uh, like an irrational hatred, or, or I guess not hate. I think hate is probably too strong for what you. Yeah, are I don't hate communicating. Hate. But I, I think it's a lot of fun. I just think it's a really fun ride. It's not uh, my favorite thing to do uh, at the Magic Kingdom. Uh, yeah. And I kind of liked it almost when there was no reason for anything. Like, you were just, oh, I'm in a mine now. And then, oh, this is out of control. Uh, uh, but I guess under the rules of the draft, I'm getting Barnabas T. Bullion. You are but, getting Barnabas uh, T. Bullion. I was, I was a big probably a little happier right with it without him. Uh, yeah, to me, it's, it gets back to what we were talking about with, uh, Space Mountain in a previous episode about how it's, there's a difference between story and plot. Yeah. And Space Mountain has such a rich story, and I don't get that from Big Thunder Mountain. I think what it's trying to do, I think Expedition Everest does better. And I think what I, you know, to me, Expedition Everest is just a, a, a triumph of attractions. And, uh, I would, you know, I think it's superior. So you have both, which, you know, an embarrassment of riches. Yeah. Uh, but so I followed that. You, if you have Expedition Everest, you have uh, Splash Mountain. You know, you have some of my favorite attractions. I am going to take one of your favorite attractions. It's true. I need uh, fan- I need more Fantasyland. I only have it's a small world, and uh, and I put the Tower of Terror in Fantasyland. Uh, but you know what? I'm taking Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. It's a great ride. Uh, the Florida one was better, but it doesn't exist anymore. So, uh, I took the Anaheim, uh, version. And, uh, yeah, I'm thrilled with it. I'm happy to have it. Yeah, I thought I could wait on this. And, uh, you, you snagged it. And I think that's a great pick. Yeah. Um, so I have nothing in Tomorrowland at this point. Uh, and like I said, I have a hard time, like, figuring out what to do with Tomorrowland without Space Mountain, because yeah. I think that Space Mountain, like, really, like, it's the heart and soul of Tomorrowland. And as you see, like, in Disneyland and in Disney World, both of their Tomorrowlands are kind of, uh, maybe conceptually unclear right now, and, um, they're both going through sort of transition phases, but, like, no matter what they do with those lands, Space Mountain is there, and it sets the tone uh, and kind of establishes what uh, the the heart of that land is. So without it, uh, I needed something that was similarly architecturally kind of imposing, that had that same sort of uh, that maybe could could will into that could just sort of like be there and exist, and even regardless of what's in it, help uh, help make it clear what what you were going to have in in Tomorrowland. Yeah. So I ended up going with uh, Spaceship Earth uh, and getting, you know, I think the the design, I think it's a great ride. Um, and uh, it's certainly not uh, Space Mountain, but for, for my Tomorrowland, uh, I think Ooh, paired with, with the next pick I'm going to make, it uh, that it kind of helps carry the land. I think it fits. Uh, you know, every, literally every Disney park uh, has a... Space Mountain, and it's just sort of the Disney attraction. Like, uh, I you could argue that uh, in terms of just sort of the cultural mind space, uh, it's a small world is the most Disney sort of 
attraction. Yeah. But I think among people who like go to Disney World, Space Mountain is the thing. And uh it, there's one everywhere and every park has its own kind of unique twist on it. Uh you know, there's the Florida one, which is obviously my favorite ride on planet Earth, but then you also have the LA one, which is a little different. You have France, which is very different. Um, so like they all sort of are culturally tied to the land that they're on. So it's hard to build a Tomorrowland without it. So, I, but I think the best you can do is definitely Spaceship Earth. Well, and I think with Space Mountain, like it communicates like the ideas of the hopefulness for tomorrow and, uh, maybe the, um, just, just, yeah, the, the sort of dreaming of the future yeah. that fits much more comfortably into the Magic Kingdom than the hard science of something like Adventure Through Inner Space or Spaceship Earth or anything in Epcot. Yeah. Uh, Space Mountain's future is something that's maybe never attainable, but is always something that we're dreaming of. Definitely. And uh, I think that's what a Disney World or uh, a Magic Kingdom Disneyland Tomorrowland should be uh, about. Yeah, but I mean, a good consolation prize is Spaceship Earth. But yeah, if you can't have that, Spaceship Earth yeah. is a good place to start. Uh, my next pick, uh, I really wanted to, you know, get this Frontierland thing down, and I went with Grizzly River Run from uh, California Adventure. And again, that's one of those picks that's just, uh, it's entirely about that Americana feel. Uh, it's, you know, it's a water ride. I've never been on it, but uh, I understand it aesthetically, and that's why I went with it. It's a, it's a great pick. Uh, I think getting some water into Frontierland is important, and I think that yeah. ride fits really well. Uh, I followed that up, uh, beefing up my Tomorrowland with the monorail. It makes perfect sense. Uh, yeah, I think that's another one of those just Disney icons. And I ended up going with the, uh, Disney World version of the monorail just because I thought that aesthetically it would fit in better with Spaceship Earth. Than yeah, I agree. One. Uh, if you picture, to me, it, I, the reason why I agree with that is I picture the, uh, the poster for Epcot, the debut of Epcot yeah. with that, like, sort of, curved line circling the uh, Spaceship Earth-looking sphere. And that, to me, has always echoed the way that the monorail goes around it in an actual park. So I, I agree totally. Um, aesthetically, it makes perfect sense. Uh, I followed that by picking the Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress to fit into my Tomorrowland, which, uh, for those keeping track, now has Space Mountain and Carousel of Progress, two of the most, uh, to me, Tomorrowland things on mm. Earth, so uh, I couldn't be happier getting it at 21. And I, I really wanted Carousel of Progress, but uh, in a way I'm glad you, you took it, because I think that uh, the contrast between that and uh, Space Mountain makes for sort of a better, more rounded experience. So what did you pick with t number 22? So uh, I took Jungle Cruise uh, because I wanted uh, a little more for my adventure land. And because Jungle Cruise is honestly one of my favorite rides. Uh, I have it. It's right there, right at the top of my, my favorites list. I have got to do it every time. Uh, and I love it. And actually, it was a tough choice for me between California and uh, Orlando because California is the original. And they added all those... Uh, like, they always are adding effects to it. So, like, there were the piranhas there when we did it. Mm. Uh, but Orlando has that temple, uh, which I think is just amazing. And yeah. is just one of my favorite moments of uh, anything at Walt Disney World. So, mm. I ended up having to go for the Orlando Jungle Cruise. Great. Uh, I followed that with our first restaurant. I chose the California Grill. And I just like it. <laughs> it's an excellent restaurant. Yeah. Uh, so I took the, the people mover at 24, uh, probably a reach, but I needed the people mover. Yeah. Uh, I followed up California Girl with, uh, Illuminations. So I, to me, uh, this sort of felt like draft strategy of 
it's there. I want it. I'm going to take it. I don't really care about uh, value here. Um, I I love Illuminations probably more than Fantasmic, uh, to be honest. Um, I think the score is brilliant. I think just the concept of it is brilliant. Uh, I think it fits incredibly in Epcot, uh, and I think it would fit really well with uh, what I'm trying to do with my Magic Kingdom. So I'm actually really pleased to get it. Uh, that was a good pick. I followed that one up with Alice in Wonderland, uh, one of my absolute favorite dark rides. Really one of the high points, I thought, of our trip to Disneyland. Yeah, I agree. I was I was pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, so I was, I was uh, thrilled to get it there, although I was regretting it when you took uh, your next pick, uh, for reasons yes. I can get into later. I chose the Country Bear Jamboree, and I am thrilled with this pick. Uh, essentially, it means that right now my frontier land is Radiator Springs Racers, Grizzly River Run, Country Bear Jamboree, and the Hall of Presidents. And uh, that is just, uh, I really couldn't be happier with how that turned out, considering I didn't get Splash Mountain. It, it feels very 50s Americana, and I love that. Yeah, I think you've got a real interesting uh, vibe there, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I realized at this point that, because there are, Certain show, you're required to have a certain number of shows. And I think it's also just a good thing to have for a theme park experience. And I had basically nothing. And Country <laughs> Bears is off the board. Uh, Carousel of Progress is off the board. Hall of Presidents is off the board. So suddenly, like the really good classic Disney shows are, are fading. There was still one left and I was, uh, glad to snag it here. I took the Enchanted Tiki Room. Yeah. Uh, I took the California version even though now in Orlando I believe they have pretty much the same the same show. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh but California has the Dole Whip bar inside <laughs> of the the queue area which means you can bring Dole Whips onto the ride. Yeah, you and show. your Dole Whips. You're obsessed yeah. with your Dole Whips. I hate pineapple. Well, that leads to a sad existence for you. Yeah, whatever. Get out of here. Uh I followed that with uh my my uh, fantasy land was starting to feel a little weird. I had It's a Small World, Mr. Toad. I had Tower of Terror, so I kind of needed to start balancing it out. And uh, I went with... I felt like, you know, what's good about Fantasyland and what makes it easy for this is that you can just sort of throw anything character into it and it'll work. And that was my plan to sort of distill uh, Tower of Terror because it's such a powerful presence. I needed some more stuff there to kind of uh, even the keel. So I went with Mickey's Philhar Magic show great show uh relatively new show um but yeah i think it's it feels very classic disney and that's why i picked it uh i think that that was a uh, a good good choice and mm. you played mickey in my mind so i had to take phantasmic here yeah i probably didn't need to do that since you had already taken your fireworks show but it's good yeah. hey, 30 30 is great for phantasmic uh, I followed that with the railroad, which you were never going to take, considering at this point you already had the monorail and the transportation, uh, or the the, TT, the TTA. Uh, but I, don't, I kept I, that's twice I tried. I almost called it the TTC, but it's the TTA. Um, but it, so I, you probably weren't going to take the railroad, but I took the railroad. I took the California version of the railroad because that is the railroad. Yeah, uh, and you the get diorama. The, yeah, you get the primeval yeah. world. So there's the whole the whole thing there, which again I feel like that really helps my uh, my sort of feeling of that adventure frontierland. So uh, I really uh, I dig that pick. Yeah, if you're uh, looking for Americana, you can't get much better than a railroad. So yeah. I think that was solid. I took my first restaurant next, and I took Gico because I think Gico is a, a really just a really great restaurant. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, that works. Uh, I followed that with, uh, I, so I had this thing. I had my Adventureland, and at the, at the point that I made this next pick, my Adventureland contained Pirates of the Caribbean, Kilimanjaro Safaris, and the Indiana Jones Adventure. And I was thinking to myself, hmm, you know, what can I do to sort of, I have this other land lurking in the background. I don't really know what to do with it. I've never, never been totally blown away. With the hall of, uh, with Liberty Square, I've ne- and plus you had the Haunted Mansion. Uh, I never loved uh, New Orleans Square. Obviously, I didn't love uh, you know Toontown, which doesn't exist, or Toon- I didn't love Toontown. I also didn't love uh, 
the one in Florida, Mickey's Toontown Fair. So like, I didn't know what to do. And I had a brainstorm. And I knew that I needed to move Indiana Jones Adventure out of Adventureland. But what to replace it with? And I thought, well, why not replace it with the exact same ride system, uh, but a different theme that fits Adventureland really well. And I went with uh, Dinosaur, which I am calling Countdown to Extinction because it has never not been in my mind, Countdown to Extinction. Uh, I think the exterior of the building fits really well uh, with what I'm trying to do in Adventureland. I think the ride itself fits really well with what I'm trying to do in Adventureland. I couldn't be happier. Yeah, I think that's a great pick. I was going to try to sneak it into Tomorrowland uh, since it starts yeah. in the present and since uh, the timer over is thing. But I think that it fits better in Adventureland. I think that uh, it's great value at 33 for sure. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I needed another show. I was running low on shows. <laughs> I needed two shows, actually, at this point. So I uh, decided to grab One Man's Dream the sort of Walt Disney retrospective uh, that is currently playing at the MGM Studios. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good pick. Uh, I followed that with my boldest choice uh, of this of this fantasy draft, and I could not be happier with how it turned out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I decided to move the Indiana Jones adventure out of Adventureland, and I knew I wanted to build another area around it, but I didn't know what to do. And ultimately, I realized the best idea possible. And that is, I chose with this pick the Grand Fiesta Tour, which exists in the Mexico Pavilion in Epcot. And I'm going to take my extra land and I'm going to make it in Mexico. And I'm going to have my anchor attraction be the Indiana Jones Adventure, which fits perfectly into that theme. Uh, I'm going to have... Uh, uh, the Grand Fiesta Tour there, and it's uh, that is a really, really powerful land, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's And the interesting thing about the Grand Fiesta Tour is it actually could fit into a couple of other... Like, it could fit in Adventureland. Uh, yeah. You could probably reach and put it in Frontierland. You could put it in Fantasyland. But I think Porting in Mexico is an awesome idea. Yeah. I, I was really pleased with that. Uh, but it set up the most interesting moment in the entire draft, I think. This is definitely the most interesting part, uh, and I had been toying with taking this ride uh, for several picks, and I couldn't decide whether or not it fit in uh, Tomorrowland or not, and it was one of those things where just the later it got and the more it was still on the board, I was like, well, you know, fit or not, I'm, I'm crazy not to take it here. So uh, that's how I got Soren at yeah. 36. Unbelievable. I think it fits into kind of the old style of Tomorrowland where it was like, here's an exhibition of interesting things that are happening in the world yeah. right now. Uh, the Aluminum Hall of Fame and all that. Yeah, you've got the Aluminum <laughs> Hall of Fame there. Uh, the bathroom of the future. Uh, yeah, that's an incredible pick. That's Tom Brady level steel right there. Yeah, so I was uh, I was pretty pleased to get it I, at 36. I cannot believe I let it fall. I am kicking myself for that. And I would have been happy happy not to take it, honestly, because uh, yeah. of the concern about fit. But at the end of the day, you gotta gotta grab it. Uh, yeah, wow. Um, so I was stunned, and I was so stunned. <laughs> I wound up taking the Enchanted Tales with <laughs> Bell, uh, which again was part of my strategy to water down fan- the Tower of Terror as much as humanly possible, just to throw as many attractions in Fantasyland as I could. So I grabbed that. What I like about it is it's kind of like a Ollivander's wand shop kind of a feel to it. It's a meet and greet, but it has a little bit more to it than that. And uh, I, obviously I'm not taking the LeFou's brew because I, you know, I hate LeFou's brew. I can't believe that, you know, I'm going to have to deduct a lot of points from your fantasy land for not having a LeFou's brew. Yeah, whatever. There. You can have it. That's going to be Barnabas T. Bouillon. Uh, so here I needed one more show, and I just decided to take my favorite show still on the board, The Muppets, and yep. worry about fit later. So that's what sense. I did. I think maybe in retrospect what I would have done is not taking the Muppets and uh, giving them like my uh, like uh, ride or like my like fantasy ride or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but you know, what's done is done and I'm happy to happy to have them on board the team. Yeah. That's, that makes sense. I followed that by picking Le Cellier, the steakhouse from Canada. And I like steak. 
Yeah, and then you jokingly, you were like, well, maybe I should take Club 33. And I was like, yeah. So that's what I took here. Uh, alcohol. With, with my pick, yeah. You got your alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, I followed that with uh, one of my favorite picks of the draft, and that was I chose Living with the Land from Epcot, and I put it in Frontierland, and I'm super thrilled with that. I, now my Frontierland is complete. And it includes Radiator Springs Racers, Grizzly River Run, Country Bear Jamboree, Hall of Presidents, and Living with the Land, which to me is exactly what I want my Frontierland to be like. I couldn't be happier with it. Yeah, I think that that's a really good fit in Frontierland. Um, and then I followed that up with uh, a boat ride for Frontierland as well. I took Mike Fink's Kill Boats, I which don't, barely I, make it because, uh, is in terms of eligibility because they're still in Disneyland, Paris. Yeah, okay. Well, I don't get your fascination with the Mike Fink keelboats. I, I never get your fascination with the Mike Fink keelboats. I think that they add a nice kinetic to the land, and okay. as you'll see when um, uh, when we go through kind of all the lands, that's uh, something that I uh, appreciate. Um, I think that they were a really... F- I really have fond memories of that the what spiel... Ever? And of seeing the guy in the cabin that was on fire, and there was like a really bad pun about that. Okay, see, um, let me tell you my memory. I have those three memories. Those memories come from that video we watched incessantly, the A Day in the Magic Kingdom. Oh, yeah. I don't have any memory of actually riding the ride, but I remember that video and being like, this is a big joke. I thought it was awesome. I think that it's one of those great, like, original, like, funky 70s Walt Disney World things that don't exist anymore. And, like, I can't have, uh, like, obviously, like, if you're talking, like, funky, like, weird 70s stuff, like, (laughs) probably 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea is the best example of that, but I I can't have that. No, I love that ride. That's a great ride. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So I will happily let you have the Mike Fink keel boats. You will get no argument here. Uh, I followed that by taking Finding Nemo the Musical. I wanted another show. And uh, I also wanted to continue to water down the Tower of Terror. So now my fantasy land is look is complete. I feel really good about it. It has it's a small world as my anchor attraction. Actually, I guess Tower of Terror is my anchor attraction. But I know because I feel like it's a small world is more like the thesis for fantasy land. So that's what I went with. Uh, I have Mr. Toad. I have Mickey's Philhar Magic, Tower of Terror. I have the meet and greet with Belle, and I have Finding Nemo the musical. So I think it has a nice. Uh, a really nice vibe. I think it has a good selection across the board. You have thrill rides with Tower of Terror. You have shows with uh, Philhar Magic. You have the musical, Finding Nemo. You can meet Belle. You have the simple, sort of slow-moving ride of It's a Small World. You have more fantasy of Mr. Toad. I couldn't be happier. Yeah, I think that... Uh, I think that Finding Nemo, the musical itself, too, is kind of, like, probably the best of the like musicals at Disney. Like the score is yeah. quite good and uh, I think the puppets are interesting. Yeah, the puppets are always fun. Uh so I wanted uh some water in my Tomorrowland and cuz uh I think that that's kind of one of the big uh it, one of the the big interesting things about Tomorrowland is it's so kind of like concrete. Yeah. Uh it's not as big of a problem as the way uh as how Fantasyland was also that way. Uh, in Disney <laughs> World, but uh, I just so I decided on the Aquatopia, which is uh, basically Japan's version of the Autopia, but on boats, and it also uses that trackless uh, ride system. So, uh, just kind of a lot of things that I enjoy. Things you moving, in Japan, things You're moving. All the Japanese Japan. Rides. I'm kind of the spurs of this draft. Where <laughs> I'm trying to get arbitrage out of uh, international. Yeah, countries. it's true. You pick them, you leave them overseas for a couple years. They yeah, I'll just stash it. Uh, we had a little debate about whether this would be, uh, this next pick would be kosher. We decided it would be. Yeah, I think it's fine. And, uh, I chose, uh, Autopia, the California, uh, version of the sort of cars, the original version of, uh, what uh, in Florida would be the Tomorrowland Grand Prix, later the Tomorrowland Speedway. They have one pretty much everywhere. Uh, I chose the California one over the Florida one, uh, even though I've never been on the California one precisely for that reason. Uh, I've been on the Florida one and it's a nightmare and I hope never to ride it again. And so I would rather have the original. Uh, it's themed a little bit more interestingly than the Florida one with its sort of awkward pseudo NASCAR theme. Uh, 
I just am thrilled to never uh, see the Tomorrowland Speedway again. But I'm happy to have Autopia as a part of my Tomorrowland. Uh, almost finishing it with, uh, I now have Space Mountain, Carousel of Progress, and Autopia, but I'm leaving one spot open. Um, so I followed that up with the Main Street Electrical Parade. I already had a, uh, I already had a parade, or not a parade, but a fireworks show. But I decided that I thought that was good value here. I love the Main Street Electrical Parade, and uh, there wasn't anything else that I was really super eager to take. Yeah. Well, and I, to me, I don't think it, I don't think it's a one or the other situation. So I agreed. Yeah. That's what, like, I think that, uh, you both could certainly exist and, uh, and both, you know, did in the Magic Kingdom. Yeah. And do. So, uh, that's great. I followed your lead and I followed it with the electrical water pageant, which is, uh, one of those weird seventies things that still yeah. exists and, uh, is, uh, just just a wonderful surprise when you encounter it in the in the Disney parks. Uh so I uh I went with it, I'm happy with it. I took uh I followed that with a contemporary, uh mm-hmm. which I actually wasn't expecting to pick, but you made a good point uh during the draft, which is that uh the monorail and the contemporary basically go hand in hand and you can't have one without yeah, the other. Definitely. Uh, I followed that with Polynesian and uh, my plan was to put every hotel, uh, not in the park, but right next to a land like they do with uh, the Grand Californian in uh, in L.A. So I took the Polynesian and I put it in my Adventureland, and I'm really happy about that. I uh, followed that up with the Wilderness Lodge. And I have the same idea. So the Contemporary kind of goes in Tomorrowland, and then the Wilderness Lodge uh, goes in Frontierland. Yeah. Uh, I followed that with Coronado Springs, uh, continuing my awesome Mexico uh themed area and so i I put that there i grabbed uh, artist point which is a good restaurant yeah and uh i followed that with the sun and hell in because uh again mexico going all in on mexico dude it's the best idea i've ever had well the second best you're about to hear the best and then uh for tomorrow or for my for mr relevant i guess i took tom sawyer's island because i thought my frontier land was a little lacking was it for the draft uh, of the rides. We each now have one spot left uh, where we are going to uh, create our own ride. So I only have three attractions currently in my Tomorrowland, which is the fewest, uh, not counting a hotel, of anything in my my parks. Adventureland also only has three, but there are three kind of bigger attractions, whereas one of my Tomorrowland attractions is Autopia. So I want to put something into my Tomorrowland. But you know, what fits? My Tomorrowland has Space Mountain, Carousel of Progress, Autopia. Well, no actual foreign attraction is exactly what I want, or uh, old attraction, uh, former attraction is exactly what I want. So I knew I wanted to reimagine something. And I said, you know what? Why not reimagine the sequel to Carousel of Progress, which, uh, if you are listening to this podcast, means you already know that that is Horizons. And so I decided that I'm going to come up with my own version of Horizons, which I will lovingly dub New Horizons. And this is New Horizons. This is the attraction. Are you ready? Because this is, like, incredible. Your mind is going to be blown. I think I'm ready. All right. So... In this world, we're assuming that some of the uh, technical capabilities are... Not capabilities, but this is what I mean. You know that how the uh, Universal Studios has that uh, agreement with the Kuka Robot arm people that they're the only allowed, they're the only people allowed to use it. Yeah, we're gonna that exclusivity agreement is is not in our fantasy. Project. Okay. Uh, so this is how New Horizons works. The exterior will look very similar, and uh, in my version of this, we will have partnered either with Apple 
or uh, Google. They'll be our corporate sponsors, one of those two. Failing okay. Apple, it would be Google. And uh, we would essentially uh, reimagine the original Horizons attraction. So you would walk in, and uh, you would hear the same uh, New Horizons song. You would hear, you would sort of see very similar sites, somewhat updated for more modern aesthetics, but the same idea. And as you approached, it would be the same moving walkway that uh, we're familiar with, and the same uh, sort of benches uh, facing one way that we're familiar with, with Horizons. Uh, which, if you think about it, is very similar to the way you load onto uh, the Harry Potter attraction at Universal, mm -hmm. which features the Kuka robot arm. That's true. So, your arm travels along there, you board, and as you're boarding... And see, this is, this is why I think this attraction is genius, is that it's going to combine essentially all of the things that Disney has learned over the past 30 years. Yeah. So as you're boarding, you will select the intensity of your attraction. Oh, cool. uh, and so much like on Mission Space, how you can pick a more intense version or a less intense version, where that is really phoned in and is entirely because of a design flaw in the attraction, this is designed into <laughs> it. And each individual arm is programmed to do various different things. So you decide kind of what version of the ride you want to take. And it starts out very sort of similar to what the original Horizons would be, only because you're now on the end of one of these robot arms, it's now not just sort of a slow, kind of very meandering trip. It has that same pace to it, but you have more dimensionality to the space. So you can uh, you can travel uh, upward and, and sort of be on your backs for certain scenes to look to the stars, and you can sort of be kind of flung slowly around to sort of get a sense of scale. And, That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, so then you keep going through the attraction. Uh, in the original Horizons, you'll remember the two Omni-Max screens that you would go through. Those would still be in existence, only now you can get the Soren kind of an experience. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, so now that you're on these robot arms, they can sort of elevate and give you that same feeling that you would get on Soren. Uh, then you go on through, and then it's essentially the same attraction, just updated uh, horizons. Uh, and then until you get to the end, which is the choose-your-own-future. And uh, this is the best part. Because mm -hmm. you're on the robot arm, uh, you now get to pick which uh, future you want, and it will be customized to the level of intensity you chose at the beginning of the attraction. So uh, if you're like a thrill-seeker, you can get that just kind of really exciting space flight uh, simulation that you would want. If you are, uh, you know, just sort of a more laid back person and you chose Mesa Verde, then you get the sort of traditional kind of Mesa Verde flyover. But all of it is updated to include this new technology. So that, that is my new horizons. Uh, it's customizable. It's, uh, has everything from the original attraction reimagined. It's, you know, I, I'm really into that idea. I think that's a, a really awesome idea. That sounds like a really fun ride. Yeah, I, I'm really happy with it. So that goes into my Tomorrowland. That sounds, that's really cool. Well, I'm not going to top that. <laughs> well, I why told you, you that's why I should go second. I told you. All right, what have you got? Oh, man. I, oh. Well, what do you, what do you need? Well, let's talk it, let's talk through it together. What do you need? Okay, so I think my two big kind of holes right now. Well, honestly, probably my biggest hole is uh where so what I'm I I could use something in Frontier Tierland and the other thing I could do is use something in in Main Street because I've decided uh to put the haunted mansion there okay uh because I think that that sort of fits well but right now my main street right now if that's like a land it's really it's just the haunted mansion and uh one man's dream mm -hmm. uh so I could use something there but that's such a tough place to put stuff yeah no I agree. I mean, what you may want to do is, you know, obviously I went very grandiose oh. and with a music okay. kit, but you know, you don't have to do that. I think here's what I am gonna do. Um, I'm gonna kind of reach into the uh, the back file, the deep cuts of old of closed Disney rides, and I'm gonna grab uh, America Sings, which was okay. the replacement for Carousel of Progress in Disneyland. And put that in Main Street because I think that's a great fit there. It's got a very sort of like patriotic, like um, that makes sense to me. Kind of like uh, 
turn it, or uh, I think it's pretty easy to just sort of put that into a turn of the century environment. And obviously, like, uh, I wish I could have gotten more creative and come up with m maybe my own sort of thing. Well, I guess how about uh, uh, I'll maybe change some of the songs that they, they put in uh, America Sings and have uh, some of the make it more centered around uh, sort of the turn of the century America, but the same idea where it's animatronics, they're giving kind of a singing performance uh, yeah, no, I like to celebrate America. I think it fits with your Disney world, uh, your magic kingdom park. I think that makes sense to me. Um, yeah. So I guess that, so do you want to maybe now take a tour of our parks? Let's take see? a little, just a quick little tour. So my, uh, coming into my park, uh, we don't actually have a, a Main Street USA in our park. I think you would probably enter in through Frontierland. Uh, and you sort of get to see the various kind of American sites, uh, that we have of that kind of like 1950s America. I think the first attraction you would probably see would be the Hall of Presidents. Uh, yeah. and it would sort of be, that would be what, that would be what welcomed you, uh, in. And you, I think, would enter the same way through, that you do in the Magic Kingdom underneath the, the train station and you would walk out only instead of into the turn of century, uh, uh, Main Street, it would be this frontier land. Um, and so in there you have Hall of Presidents, you have the Radiator Springs Racers, uh, you have the Grizzly River Run and the Country Bears, you have Living with the Land. And so those are the first things you really encounter are this very American, uh, very sort of uh, retro uh, movement. Then you would probably, uh, if you're like me, you would move to Tomorrowland, and uh, <laughs> that is where you would ride Space Mountain. Mm -hmm. uh, gotta get Space Mountain done. Uh, best best ride. Uh, while you're there, you may you may want to check out New Horizons. You know, yeah. this new this new. I attraction. think New Horizons might get a bigger line than Space Mountain. I mean, uh, it's pretty. It's new, see, this is what this is what I love technology. about my idea. They need to build this because it's <laughs> it's it has everything that that everyone. It's something for everyone. It has thrills. It has this sort of dream aspect of Horizons. We could do an hour on Horizons, and yeah. I could do I could write ten thousand words about why I think this track would be great. Uh, you have the Carousel of Progress there, which is sort of the most purified version of Walt Disney that you're ever going to see. And yeah. then you have the Autopia. You could then take uh, a small trip to Fantasyland, and you would ride It's a Small World, and, and Mr. Toad, and Mickey's Magic and the Tower of Terror, and you'd meet Belle, and you'd see the Finding Nemo musical. And there's just, it, it, the Fantasyland would feel like that sort of trip into the Disney movies that I think it has become. Mm -hmm. uh, Adventureland, would would be next and that that you know you have pirates you get to see that exterior uh you have the the countdown to extinction as it will be called uh which really is a uh an adventure unto itself you have kilimanjaro safaris you have the hotel there uh and then uh you would move into mexico uh which has uh, the Indiana Jones adventure and the, the Grand Fiesta tour and the San Angel Inn and it just would feel very much like that Mexico in Epcot where you kind of walk in and you're transported into that other world. Mm -hmm. And then uh, yeah, you can take the railroad uh, toward you know our back to back to the front, take the California Grill, yay, whatever you want. And then if you stayed long enough, you would get to see illuminations in the evening. Who doesn't like that? That's true. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. That's a, a good part. Uh, so I guess what I ended up with, um, I, I, I kept Main Street, uh, and I think that the Haunted Mansion, uh, can fit really well into like a Main Street kind of theme. So that's kind of like there towards the back, but you'd enter, you'd come in, you'd see one man's dream, obviously, uh, yeah. is kind of right there on front. Um, if you're in the know, you can go to Club 33, uh, <laughs> Check out America Sings. Uh, be sure to ride the Haunted Mansion. Uh, um, you know, very, very Victorian looking. Uh, and that was the era when, like, ghost stories like that were extremely popular, too. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, but I think this area really comes alive at night. Uh, and that's when uh, Fantasmic is playing there uh, on, like, a riverbank, kind of the same setup they have at Disneyland. And then, obviously, you've got the Main Street Electrical Parade mm -hmm. uh, holding it down on Main Street. Uh so then from there, uh, I'll go, I'll go left to right again since he went right to left. From there you can go to Adventureland, uh, with Ex Expedition Everest kind of looming in the background. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got the Jungle Cruise, uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth, and the Enchanted Tiki Room. Uh, I think that's like a real nice kind of mix of like, you've got a big thrill ride, uh, you've got a dark ride, you've got kind of, um, or I guess you've got some animatronic stuff, you've got Journey to the Center of the Earth, which bridges the two. The Tiki Room is uh, obviously great for sort of people who are looking for something less thrilling. And then Jiko, the restaurant I put in Adventureland. Uh, so then, uh, Frontierland, I've got Splash and Big Thunder. I've got the keelboats. I think in retrospect, I'd have probably gone with the lim- the steamboat instead. Yeah. And had it run to Main Street. Oh, that's fun. And it's not the keelboats, so. Yeah. That would have um, been better. But, uh, and then Tom Sawyer's Island, uh, obviously. And, yeah. uh, I put the artist point there. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, my fantasy land is the Matterhorn. Peter Pan, Winnie the Pooh, Alice in Wonderland, and uh, the Muppets. Uh, that's a great area. That might be your best area. I think that's a really good area. I'm kind of I don't love the fit of the Muppets there, um, mm-hmm. but otherwise I'm really happy with how. And I really wanted to make sure I had like a really great uh, fantasy land. And then Tomorrowland, uh, you've got Soren, you've got Spaceship Earth, uh, you've got the People Mover, you've got the Monorail, you've got the Aquatopia. Um, so I think, I think that that's a really well. great, like, yeah. old-school Tomorrowland-type experience. And, uh, you know, if I had... Uh, I, I might have made my original thing some kind of uh, maybe e-ticket for Tomorrowland, maybe. Uh, yeah. But I'm pretty happy with how it turned out. Yeah, I think it turned out really well. Uh, I think my park is better. But... Well, it's interesting because my park, I kind of tried... Like, my park ended up being, like, a very, like, traditional, like... Uh, uh, very old school, like Disneyland type of thing, like adhering yeah. to. This feels very the, Disneyland. Those principles, and I really wanted to go after like unity and that kind of old school experience. Whereas yours is very revolutionary and very kind of like, what would we do next with this yeah. skeleton? Yeah, that, it's funny you should say that. Yours definitely felt very Disneyland to me. Uh, yeah, sort of like. Uh, whereas I think what I, I tried to do is pack as much of. Uh, in as I could and try to get as many ideas as I could. And so I really took the idea of like uh, these lands as being very, very separate and uh, and essentially being parks unto themselves. And that was sort of my driving force was like, I want to be able to sort of feel transported when I go from one of these places to another. And, uh, and I feel yours is very much more stylistically consistent. Yeah. I, I was like, I mean, like, for example, like, the the fact that the Muppets in Fantasyland is giving me such conniptions. Like, I would never have done the Tower of Terror there. But yeah. I think for what you're going for, it uh, it works. Yeah, I mean, essentially, essentially, my Fantasyland serves the same purpose as what, like, the Hollywood Studios does in Florida. Uh, it just is its own land here, um, as opposed to a park. And, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think what's interesting is that I think it also goes to, I think, our original attractions speak to what we're trying to do with our parks, where you went with a very retro, very, you know, uh, simple attraction that adds flavor to mm-hmm. your park and adds sort of a, uh, and adds that kind of very, the, the Disney diversion almost of, of it's something that isn't a must. It's not something you would see on like a nine year old's, ah, I have to ride that. But yeah. it adds to the overall kind of feeling of the park, whereas what I went with was like this big, bold kind of statement piece, which I think mm-hmm. was was more sort of fitting with my personality and what I wanted to do. So it, you know, I think it. Uh, I, I think our our parks are definitely very unique, but I would rather visit mine. Well, uh, I am <laughs> not surprised to hear that. <laughs> We'll need to get some sort of uh, un- unbiased judge to tell us who won. <laughs> Maybe uh, uh, the listeners can can the email listeners us. Can t- it's true. Feel free to email us at theartoftheshow at gmail.com and let us know who you think had the better park, uh, which is me. Yeah, or if there's uh, anything that uh, you're like, how could they not have taken that in this? Uh, how could this? they not have taken the Monsters Inc. laugh floor? I want that email. So yeah, make or, sure to email uh, us. Or Stitch. How could they not have taken Stitch's greatest, the greatest attraction in Walt Disney World history? Those fools! Yeah. Email us, yell at us, whatever you want to do. Uh, but we appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. I think we are out of time. Yeah, that just about does it uh, for this week. It does. But 
yeah thanks so much for listening thanks for listening tune in next week we had a little uh one week hiatus but we are back now and in full swing so tune in next week and hear more of me and my brother arguing over whose disney park is better uh i'm dakota gardner i'm jonathan gardner thank you and we'll see you next week thanks